Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today I'm joined by Johnny Aldrich, founder of Deuce Oose Studio. We were just debating how we say the name properly. Well, Johnny knows how to say the name properly. It's more me debating how you say the name. But how are you today, Johnny? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, and it is Juice Studio, or at least that's how I say it. Yeah, <laughs> listen, if you say it like that, then that's how it should be said. Juice Studio. That's Tennis fair, term, fair. correct. That's the one. Exactly. <laughs> Johnny, listen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and this is your first podcast. So welcome to the podcasting world. And uh, I'm honoured to be your first. I'm excited. I mean, I've I've listened to a few podcasts in my life. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, now I'm honoured to be on one. So it's it's quite exciting time. Do you feel like this is really the next stage of your life now? you're being entering into the guesting of the podcast world i could well become a podcast star you never know like i might I, get I invited on hello yeah you've got it in you you've definitely got it in you so uh i look forward to just seeing you really just every day you're on a different podcast now just make it happen, <laughs> make it happen. i'll just, just become just screw podcast everything else yeah just just be like this is my this is my calling being a who needs a guest. job when you can just go on other people's podcasts exactly hey listen it's worked out for joe rogan that's all I'm saying. Uh, there you go. There you go. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but Joey, listen, let's start off by just tell me about the business. Tell me about what you guys do and uh, how you got started. And then we can get into the story and the backstory. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're called Juice Studio. Uh, we're a brand design agency. So essentially, if you see some lovely packaging on the uh, in the supermarket, and we could well have designed it. Uh, we design brands, we design packaging, we design websites, we design campaigns, mostly for consumer-facing brands. Um, we've been going for about four years, uh, four and a half years, nearly five years. Um, before that, I, myself, and my two business partners, uh, we was uh, working for big agencies, uh, working for people like Pearl Fisher and, uh, and Landor and all these big different dogs. sort of yeah, big dogs, big consortiums, like hundreds of people. Uh, and we kind of got a little bit fed up of that world. We were like, ah, well, you kind of feel a bit of a small cog in a, in a big machine. So you decide, oh, what can we do instead? Uh, I was doing a lot of kind of freelance design work on the side of working for a bigger agency. And I was sort of like teetering on the edge, deciding, shall I go freelance? Shall I quit the freelance and just concentrate on agency life? And then I decided I didn't want to do either of those. <laughs> so I, I roped in my two best mates uh, to start a design agency. And, and here we are now. Amazing. That's, that is quite the journey then. For you, <laughs> what was it like when you sat down with your two best mates and said, listen, I've got an idea? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it was... I don't, I don't, I mean, they thought I was a bit crazy, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Do they still think that? Maybe. I don't, I don't ask them. I don't, don't bother it's asking them not. anymore. Best <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I mean, I had that idea and obviously they were a little bit worried and so was I about, oh, how much money can we earn? Can we earn any money? Will we, will we be poor for months? What, what's, <laughs> what's going to happen? Uh, how will we find clients and all the rest of it? And I mean, luckily, I had a few kind of clients to begin with off the back of like the freelancing. So that helped us a little bit. And then it was obviously trying to make those clients pay us more money to cover three people's wages instead of yeah. one. Um, 
but yeah they they were excited they had similar feelings to me of like wanting to do something that we could own ourselves and and we could obviously kind of control how we work with our clients and mm-hmm. i mean a lot in the agency world you, you end up working through account managers and marketing managers and all the rest of these like there's a big old chain of people and we were just like surely there's a better way what if we do a smaller more personal service and when we did that it it really started to work quite well the clients enjoyed being able to talk to us the designers who were going to work on their projects and uh yeah we've never looked back really that's one of the points i wanted to talk about is the fact that you've consciously said you know let's keep the team small let's keep our let's keep us agile for you was that something like you kind of just answered but was it something that you thought of that from day one or did that something that come up sort of within those first couple of months as you were adjusting to the the new business uh it was it was pretty much from day one because because we did sort of get fed up of that big agency world and we wanted to obviously deliver a more personal service and clients could get to know us and and that's very much where the name juice studio comes from so when we were coming up with names we were like oh we need something interesting we need something like that's i don't know a bit different like what were um, some of the worst names you came up with? I can't even. I, to be honest with you, we didn't Johnny's even. Johnny's Studio. <laughs> yeah, you do the classic. You try and combine everyone's names, yeah, like yeah. Oldrich, Patrick, Down. It's like, yeah, that sounds like <laughs> for, a maybe law for firm. Like 1960s law firm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we decided that wasn't going to be any good. And then you try and like shorten your names together, like take a few letters or or just the first letter or something, and it just sounds stupid. Um, <laughs> And then, like, at the time, like, everybody was putting studio either at the start or the end of their design agency. And we were like, well, it sounds pretty cool, studio. It sounds a bit more, like, bespoke and small. Um, And then we, yeah, so then we were thinking, like, how can we get a point, this idea of working with our clients on kind of an equal level? Uh, I also absolutely love tennis. I'm a massive tennis fan. I play tennis, like, twice a week um and basically we came up with the name juice and it was perfect because juice is equal in points when you're playing tennis uh and then we were like that's exactly what we want to be with our clients is we want to be equal with them we want to be friends we want to be you know what i mean it's it's just that equal relationship we treat them as equals and 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 yeah it it worked quite well it's yeah and it sounds quite cool as well and sounds cool it works and uh short snappy it the gives only you problem an excuse is that, to play more tennis. Absolutely. And the only problem is that some people can't pronounce it. <laughs> Mainly me, but let's face it. If you listen to the majority of these podcasts, I have struggled pronouncing most names. Oh, okay, so that's fair. It's a trait of mine, I like to think of a characteristic manner. <laughs> um, but Johnny, listen, four years, four, no, five years in, sorry. How has the journey been for you from, you know, having, obviously going from those big dogs to a little bit of freelance to running the business with two other co-founders. How's the five years been in terms of the journey and growth? Yeah, so we've stayed pretty similar in terms of we haven't really hired any new employees yet or anything like that. Um, We've we've mainly just been trying to sort of keep ourselves consistent, earning like a good chunk of money each month type of thing, uh, slowly progressing to slightly bigger kind of clients. I mean, we quite like working with like SMEs and startups mostly because 
they're kind of in a similar mindset to us. They're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to stand out in the market. And that's a lot of what we would say our branding work achieves is, is essentially standing out from the competition. Like nobody, if you're going to release a chocolate bar, you don't want to look like Cadbury's. They've got that. They've done that. They've done that pretty well. Uh, so if you want to be the new, exactly. If you want to be the new chocolate bar in the market, you need to stand out from them. You want to challenge the big boys and, Mm -hmm. and often working with those type of clients, they like to take a bit more risks. They like to sort of explore a creative option that could be really out there, but could really help them stand out. Exactly. Yeah. So that's quite exciting area for us. And then we have other clients that are more sort of established and more larger that have been going a little bit longer, uh, who are like already in a bunch of supermarkets selling loads and and they're just needing kind of regular support and things like that. Um, And that's definitely like finding that mix of those kind of more steady clients that that give you the bigger budgets and also mixing in those really fun, exciting kind of startups all at the same time. And, And what's great is like, when we sort of have our pricing system, we often try and charge the established clients more money so that we can charge the startups less money because we really like them. They're kind of the more exciting things to kind of jump onto. So it's quite good. What's been been the most, um, I guess the word I'm going to use is proud. What's been your proudest moment in terms of working with a client and seeing that end result being delivered? I think, um, so we've got a client called Great Nola, who is a US-based granola brand. Uh, She came to us and she was like selling in a farmer's market type vibe. The packaging was just this clear thing with a sticker on (laughs) and she wanted to take it to the next level. And we were like, great, that's exactly what we do with brands. Uh, She came to us, we created a whole brand strategy, a whole brand design, all based around sort of feeling great eating great doing great this whole kind of like vibe of like selling that kind of lifestyle that really sort of gets you places it's kind of aspirational to a certain degree and creating that whole packaging design and then off the back of that amazingly um retailers approached her which is incredibly rare like normally you have to go and fight for those positions in supermarkets even in small independent like you know, like things like nature and as nature intended or planet organic, like even those smaller kind of chain ones, even they are hard to get into. But she was approached by Whole Foods. She was approached by Walmart. And we were like, wow, that is amazing. And that's partly due to our branding and partly due to her own hustle herself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that must feel so great when you see, like you said, that initial brand with the plastic and the sticker that (laughs) I can just perfectly envision because I've been to many a farmer's market and seen that to seeing them you know on the shelves in a huge retail outlet like farm um whole foods for you does that make it all worthwhile does that like is that why you do what you do absolutely yeah so like anytime you get to see the real thing i mean first of all like when you get the packaging back from the printer and it's a real piece of packaging in your hand like that's a great moment it feels great it looks great you can then start to build your case study around it and people start to see this amazing work and then when you start to see it actually in front of people and and people are buying it and people are sharing it on social media and then when you get to create a billboard like seeing your first billboard like i don't know on the underground or wherever it might be is like oh shit i think i've slightly I guess your it. phone is just full of like selfies with billboards <laughs> <laughs> i'm not quite that vain uh oh, come but, on you uh, got have one or two i i actually it's very rare that i even take a selfie i I do take a lot of pictures of billboards, but uh, not, with, not, you with, not, not yeah. with you in them. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, 
the five years so far sounds like it's all been fantastic, but let's face it, it's not always going to be sort of sunshine and and uh, roses or daisies, whatever the saying is. What have been some of the struggles for you over the last five years and perhaps ones that you didn't expect to be or to receive as a founder? Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. Like we, We've never really had anything like majorly go wrong. There's been a few things whereby like, I don't know, like a printing issue, for instance, mm-hmm. where like the printer, we we specced up one certain color that was a certain shade of blue and the printer went out with another shade of blue and it ended up going on a whole massive range of packaging and we were like absolutely gutted that it didn't look the way we wanted it to look. The client was gutted and there's always been a bit of like a people, like, I don't know, like it's... it's it's just like a like demoralizing feeling when it doesn't quite quite work out exactly the way the way that you well, expected. It sounds like you really sort of get involved emotionally as well with your clients in terms of their brand and their product. That's it's, that's it's funny you say that because like it's it's surprising how passionate we get because like <laughs> you like it's their company it's their baby at the same time but also when we create this brand like we have like a very strong attachment to it because it's like we want it to look the best it can possibly look and and like there's one thing that we've never never because not we're not quite like a a huge full service agency that can control absolutely every aspect of the brand so like a lot of the time a client might be like oh i've got this social media company or freelancer to do our social media and then you end up being like oh no what's gonna happen now (laughs) uh and it never quite the social media never quite lives up to the same as what the brand is. I mean, sure. it's, 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 it's a bit of like a, a nitpick of ours that like, we want to try and find the right partners sometimes like social media agency to be like, this is the brand that we've created. We really mm-hmm. want this to be as consistent and amazing as possible. I totally understand. You got to take it with a pinch of salt because social media is not forever. It's, it's, it's a very kind of throwaway type of thing. Like yeah, you put a definitely. post up and the next day there's a new post, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't be too precious about it, but still like that kind of grinds, grinds our teeth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find partners then? What's your sort of criteria in terms of reaching out to fellow founders and business owners and wanting to partner up so that your clients are getting that, you know, the best servers or access to at least the best servers? Yeah. So normally we try and look for somebody that's, that's similar to us, kind of quite kind of like a young kind of company, a, a company trying to sort of make a little bit of a difference or, or trying to challenge the market to a certain degree, uh, a similar size to us, which is great because then we know that we're going to be charging similar prices. We're going to be offering similar services. We're still going to do that kind of same personalized kind of service. Um, I mean, it's, it's not all, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one because sometimes a client might have already sourced a social media person, which is like, like where is it? Oh, it's, I've got it for a fiver and yeah, I'm paying exactly. 10 bucks a month. It's like, oh no. This and is I'm like, yeah, bad. cool. No problem. Yeah. yeah I mean, your choice. <laughs> your uh, choice. It may be the wrong one, but it's your choice. <laughs> but I won't tell you <laughs> yeah. uh, because obviously I want to keep you happy. Yeah. But, um, but that, yeah, so like most of the time we, we have some people in place that we work with on a regular basis. Like we've got this sales agency that we quite like to refer clients to. So like if, for instance, they weren't quite as lucky as Great Nola and they were approached by retailers, often you have to go after the retailers yourself, 
going through a sales agency that they're, they're very good at going after retailers they've got very strong connections already they talk to the buyers all day every day and they know what they want and all the rest of it uh so we work with some guys they're called lvk they're a similar size tours they're young guys they they go out there in a similar way personalized service etc so it's yeah that, i mean that's the main kind of criteria is just somebody that is similar to us who gets it yeah exactly and like of course they've got to be friendly nice people but yeah. uh and quite good at their job i'm guessing <laughs> yeah obviously obviously <laughs> i mean that's going that thing <laughs> yeah i mean obviously uh what's next then what's next for you you know you're five years in you're you're probably in terms of business wise you're definitely well into the the the, the mix of things now you know you're past the startup stage for you what's next on your horizons where do you want the business to go um and yeah so yeah, I mean the biggest ambitions is we want to be working for bigger and bigger brands. Like we wouldn't say no to working with Coca-Cola, for instance. Like obviously, I feel like it's everyone's dream to a certain degree to work for all the biggest, coolest brands out there. The Nikes, Coca-Cola Christmas advert that must be yeah, the pinnacle. Absolutely, it's just stuff. I mean, I'll, there's not really much freedom in that. I don't think it's just <laughs> holidays Drive coming. Drive the truck down the road. Yeah, I mean, maybe if I get to drive that, that might be quite oh, fun. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. That would be <laughs> uh, and my face is in the advert. It's actually my yeah. face as Santa. You are, you are the new Santa. Yeah, exactly. But, like, with, with like, prosthetics and things. So yeah, I look yeah. a bit no, Not even that, not even that. Just as you are now. <laughs> Young I'm Santa. Deal with it, yeah. Maybe go. that could that could be a great idea for an advert, to be fair. Like, what, what did Santa look like before exactly. he was Santa? Exactly. There are no photos of Santa pre-Santa. Exactly. Like, surely he was young once. He didn't come out like that. <laughs> What's his story? Exactly. No. What is his brand story? How did he learn? Who did he get mentored by? <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. So How did he so find his wife? How? Yeah, Match.com? Maybe. You know. Maybe Maybe there's a specific, like, North Santa Pole's Claus matching. Us. I don't exactly. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we've opened a can of worms there, John. Yeah, we've, we've gone a bit far there um yeah i mean so the biggest yeah ambitions is like work for bigger and bigger clients sort of thing would be really exciting do bigger and bigger projects things like international campaigns that go across millions of billboards across the world would be incredible um i'm not sure how feasible that would be because like we still want to keep a small kind of agency like mm -hmm. uh, i mean in our eyes we wouldn't really want to go any bigger than about like 10 or so yep. we still want to be able to get to know our clients and, and talk to them every day and be able to deliver that same service. Um, that's, that's the ambition at the moment. Uh, but you never know. It could, it could, could change. I mean, also there's one really big ambition is to, to own our own office and have a tennis court on the roof. Wow. Where that, is this office? It'd probably be in London. I mean, we're, we're in Bethnal Green at the moment. I mean, um, London already, we've, we've upped the price by 50, <laughs> 60, 70%. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're in, but we've got a really cheap office at the moment in London. So there's definitely, I mean, yeah. look at like Hackney Wick at the minute. Like all the buildings are being knocked down. There's like old For like sure. warehouses and stuff. So like we could just buy a little old warehouse, do it up really cool, I'd love that. build a tennis court on the roof. That's, that's the ambition is to, to be a big enough agency to own our own tennis court on the roof. I don't think anyone, until like about last year, the, nobody had a tennis court on the roof in London. Mm. There was no one. And then Amazon put a tennis court on their <laughs> roof. And I was like, that was ours. That was at, our dream. At what point, though, did you go, is it worth getting a job with Amazon just so I can use the tennis court? 
funnily enough i was i was i was trying to find out like if i had any friends or like friends of friends <laughs> who worked at amazon to be like oh could you like get me like in for a game of tennis on the roof like that'd be really fun twice a week yeah twice a week every week uh yeah. but i still haven't found anyone so if anyone's out there who uh, yeah, uh works at amazon and plays amazon. tennis in the london office needs a hitting ball. partner I'm there pretty sure it's one in shortage. From home. Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, actually, I mean, the tennis court needs to be used, otherwise it's going to get ruined. So Yeah, absolutely. You, know, I think, you are um, the man. <laughs> I think also Google, they've got a, a running track on the top of their roof. Yeah, they do. They do. This is it in their, um, what is it, Euston, I think it's King's Cross place. Euston, King's Cross, yeah. yeah. They have got a tennis court, uh, not a tennis court, running track, which yeah. again, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on the staff to, to use it. <laughs> You know, I'm just I mean, like, to be fair, you know why they do it, though? Like, Google is, like, the king of keeping people at work. Yeah. Oh, here's Give free them... breakfast. Here's yeah. free dinner. We do your laundry. Lunch. Have a nap room. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's, it's quite bad, but it's also but there quite was that, there was that story of the guy in the US that, or a couple of people have done this in the US in their headquarters, was that they would live in a van on in the Google car park and then obviously wow. just shower and eat and <laughs> exercise. And they everything. didn't even work at Google, did they? <laughs> yeah, they didn't even work. They just they just wore the the Google hat and the Google t shirt, and they just and got they got in. straight in. Um, but yeah, people have saved thousands of thousands of dollars uh, by doing that. I think it's frowned upon, but I don't know whether they um whether they that's a pretty good idea though, because like San Francisco, like the rent prices there are ridiculous. Crazy. Crazy. It's like the highest anywhere in the world. So I can imagine. I mean, and also, like, loads of people are now moving out of San Francisco because they're like, well, I don't need to be near my office yeah. anymore. Van, and like, van life is getting popular. Oh, the, I, yeah, actually, I've seen loads of people, like, on Twitter and Instagram, like, converting, like, four transit vans into, yeah. like, really posh-looking kind of caravans. I've been tempted. I mean, I, I, even had a, I even have a mate who's just gone on holiday and he hired one of these vans and he's, like, yeah. driving to Cornwall with it. And I was like, wow, that looks so nice. It's uh, some of them are done up so amazingly that you think, yeah, I could live in that. And and you yeah. look at others and you're just like, I would not want to spend a day in that. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to drive it, let alone sleep in it. Um, I mean, they kind of remind me of uh, like canals. Uh, I mean, canal boats. <laughs> canal boats, like, yeah. Because like some of them are done up really nice and some yeah. of them aren't. But then the problem with a canal boat, not much headroom. But I feel well, like maybe you, well, a four transit van. There's more. Is there more? I, think I don't know. Yeah, no, because they, they go down a bit in deeper. Canal, but yeah, yeah. It's, you, know, you live in Bethnal Green. I used to live in Bethnal Green. Take a little, take a little walk along the uh, canal. You'll see. Absolutely. Actually, they, there's they loads are, around there. There's loads. There's loads. There. So again, classic example of ones that you would love to own, and ones that you just very walk past. <laughs> you walk past them very quickly. Um, no, but absolutely. Alas, alas, listen, listen, Johnny. One of my one of my sort of final questions for you, coming back to the the growth plan, then. Is how do you how do you create the balance and how do you create the balance of getting aiming for those big those big dog clients you know the the Coca Cola of the worlds versus working with um, Great Nola and those smaller brands with the small team how do you create the balance in terms of making sure that you're doing the right thing because you love working with the smaller team but also that desire and ambition to work with the bigger ones yeah that's uh I mean. Our, our process is like exactly the same no matter what client it is. It's always yeah. do the discovery, understand the strategy, apply it in the same way. The creativity is there. I mean, obviously, as we go for bigger clients, we need to be able to 
turn around often quicker or expand our team, things like that. And obviously making sure that our process and our sort of creativity and the way we run things stays the same. And it's, it's, I mean, I, I don't know a hundred percent how that will work out yet, but uh, I hope, I hope that it, it won't be too difficult. <laughs> I mean, this uh, is one of the, the key advantages of being, you know, smaller, more agile and absolutely. being able to shift in different focuses extremely quickly. Whereas if you had a team of you know, 20, 30, 40 plus, there's a lot more plates to spin just managing yeah. teams. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, that's why, I, I, to be fair, like we talk about that a lot is being kind of being able to adapt to briefs. And we do have yeah. like those partners around us like, oh, you need some sales and marketing advice. You need some social media advice. You need some of this. You need some of that. We can always bring that in. Like, So we often do the creative behind a billboard campaign or a social mm -hmm. media campaign, but we don't actually implement it. We don't like log into your social media account and figure out the exact way to target all these different people. That's not our expertise. Yeah. But we have partners to do exactly that. Exactly. And they know what recommended budget spend should be spent on social ads and how you do the targeting and all this crazy which is, stuff. Which is crazily really refreshing because there's so many agencies out there now that like you said earlier try and do or cater to everything and everyone and they lose exactly what you've got they lose that sort of personal touch they lose the expertise they lose the fact that actually it's much better partnering up with another expert than offering that service at a disservice let's say mm, so yeah. it, it is really refreshing and Listen, I have no doubt that you're going to get your tennis court. Maybe not in London, because let's face it, rental uh, purchase <laughs> pricing in London is pretty crazy. Although rumour has it, and speaking to many, many uh, property guys on the podcast, there's going to be quite a big commercial drop in the next 12 to 18 months. So Maybe I need to act it. now. This is it. Perfect time, man. Perfect time. I've got a great finance dude to speak to if you want to make, <laughs> make that happen. Uh, but Johnny, listen, my my final, final question is then how can people find out more about you? How can people get in touch and uh, perhaps work with you? Absolutely. So we've got a website, just like everybody else, uh, juicestudio.com. Uh, we also do quite a bit on Instagram and Twitter and things like that. So you can follow us to, to find out any of our latest work that's happening. And uh, yeah, if you really want, you can email me. Uh, Johnny at juicestudio.com. There you go. <laughs> A couple of couple of says guy guy dropped his number. I was like, wow, I love. Wow, that, that is impressive. But very American, very American. It's like you know, <laughs> six digits and, uh, and you, <laughs> plus and one. Yeah, plus one and <laughs> Erico time zone. Get all that right. But <laughs> listen, John. Yeah, exactly, Johnny. Listen, you've been a, you've been a great guest, and like I said, get on more podcasts. You know, I'm glad I was your first, and it's been an honour being that. And I wish you guys the best of luck. And hopefully we can have a game of tennis on your roof in uh, the not-too-distant future. One day. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Johnny. And thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. This has been Founders 365.